Hello everyone and welcome to The Laundromat, the podcast dedicated to compliance professionals. This episode is brought to you by Dotfile, the modern operating system for compliance teams. Dotfile helps you verify your individual or business customers anywhere in the world in less than 10 seconds. Now, here is the next part of my interview with Xavier André Justo, the whistleblower of the 1MDB scandal. If I can give another example, this is not related to Petro Saudi, but it's still 1MDB with Goldman Sachs. It's in the press. Goldman Sachs was sentenced to two billions of, uh, of, of as a fine. Goldman Sachs issued a couple of bonds for uh, 1MDB. And instead of getting 30 millions of usual fees around 30, 40 millions, they received 600 millions. So, of course, all the conditions that were probably legal to, to go ahead, that they, they didn't uh, comply with all of them. But when you're a bank, you say instead of getting 40 millions, we're getting 600 millions. Maybe that will not oblige you, but you will, may have the tendency not to look very deep in the, in the file. Yeah, but, but, but for sure, with amounts like that, the incentive is uh, so high. And, and again, we're, before we spoke about JP Morgan, Kutz, and the government said we're not talking about small bank either in in Bulgaria or we're taking off, we speak about major players. So if major players are doing things that way, can you imagine a small, the, the small banks in some smaller non-complying uh, countries. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I have an idea of the... the Action you have. Crazy, crazy stuff that can happen. And speaking of that, you know, this shady part of banking, uh, were you at any point, uh, like, did you receive any kind of threat or fearing that information you gave might get you in trouble? No, it was... It was uh, I'm sorry. No, I didn't receive any threat. It was... More striking than that. A couple of months after the first article, I was arrested in, in Thailand. So they didn't need to threaten me. I give the data there. So once, once you, you give the data, you don't need to be threatened. It's done. So it's either you yeah. you forget when it was too late for them to, to threaten. So they arrested me. Uh, if you want, I can speak a little bit about this part. Basically, I was arrested. Uh, for attempted blackmail, which is nothing. Which, no, I mean, it's fake, but even if it, if it was not fake, you don't go to jail, to jail in Thailand for that. But they needed, they needed me to be arrested and locked up in a, in a Thai prison facility because after they, 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 I mean, not, they didn't try it. They, they, they made me confess a lot of things because I, I, there was, a, I mean, the, a book will be written has been written and will be published very soon about all the details. So, but uh, uh, there, there, there was a fake Scotland Yard prisoner that took my, that was my first confessions. I was obliged to confess things that were not true because the deal was, it's either you confess that, you write that, you do a press, do some press interviews like blaming you, blaming the opposition of Malaysia, or you will spend 10 years in jail. So whatever I had to do to survive, so I confess things that are not true, that were not true, and not true. So, um, and I want to suppose, like, to uh, I, it's a very genuine question. Uh, I want to suppose to have like a, a lawyer with you during this type of uh, interview. Yeah, uh, that's where when the story gets more interesting. 
and surprising. So I was arrested at the request of Petro Saudi. So I was alone because they waited. My, my wife was in Geneva at that time. So they they waited the moment that I was alone in Thailand to arrest me. They put me in the worst cell of uh, of, uh, of Bangkok with uh, 50 prisoners in a room sleeping on the ground. And sometimes you see complaints of prisoners that if they have six beds instead of four beds in their cell. This is way beyond that. You don't you don't have a bed. You sleep on the ground like a dog. Uh, not my dog sleep on a on a mattress. But um, so after three days there, this, I had the guys from Pedro Saudi Patrick that came to visit me and said you need to work with us, otherwise we spend ten years there. So we have chosen. They chose my lawyer and they paid my lawyer. A Swiss lawyer came first class from the Switzerland. They spent a couple of time. Uh, he saw me probably four or five days. He was paid more than $200,000. Of course, I was alone. I, mm-hmm. I had no choice but not to believe them. So the lawyer, instead of defending me, was just there to do a press campaign against me. And you can see that uh, if you Google that. Uh, that's how it worked. They foul, they choose, and they pay my lawyer. And uh, instead of not... You don't go to jail. I mean, if you're a blackmail attempter, maybe you need to go to jail. I wasn't. I didn't blackmail anybody. Uh, but I had to confess that instead of not going to jail, I was sentenced to three, year, three years in prison. By chance, uh, sometimes in a shitty situation, you have some luck. I got to amnesty. So instead of serving three years, I spent 547 days in jail just for leaking the data to the press. Oh, so you spent a year and a half in jail? Yes, they spent 547 uh, in, uh, in Thailand. In a Thai facility, in a Thai jail facility, which is, uh, you, you, can't, uh, you can't understand what's a Thai jail in, if you are not in there, so I don't wish anywhere to go there. And after that, so wh- when did you get out of jail? So I was, as I said, I, I was in some, I mean, I was quite lucky to get two amnesties given by the king. One for his coronation and well, another one because the previous king died, so the new king gave an amnesty. So I was released after, as I said, a year and a half. I had the protection of my country by chance. Switzerland was was very, very close to my case for the last six months and a year. They were coming every week to visit me, to, to support me because my wife had to leave Thailand. She was threatened to be arrested. So. I was alone there with a couple of friends visiting me every other week, but Switzerland never let me down. So I was sent back to Switzerland in December 2016. And you know, even though now it kind of it, it kind of makes sense that these accusations were false against you, did you find any way to to like I don't know get? Like a, some damage and interest for what you you, you had to go through. Uh, it's um, I love my country. I love Switzerland. Uh, but there is two different Switzerland. One is the the I will say the diplomatic the diplomatic uh, part of Switzerland. So when I was uh, in prison, I had the support even of the minister of uh, the foreign affairs because at one stage Malaysia wanted to extradite me to be extradited to Malaysia. So they fought for me. The other thing is the justice system in Switzerland. I don't think there is a lot of con- there are a lot of countries where the system of justice is working efficiently. But to give you an example, in 
Yeah. Yes, in 2017, October 2007, five years ago, I think more than five years ago, we filed criminal complaints against them, against Petro Saudi, Tarek Obeid, Patrick Maloney, for a few different charges, endangering lives, threatening, and so on. Switzerland also opened investigation against them for aggravated money laundering, bribery of foreign officials, uh, misleading the justice, and others. A few of few others. And uh, as of today, they are under investigation. But things are getting worse on that. Is that in the in the case of the complaint of Switzerland against Petro Saudi? I'm a witness at the request of the Swiss authorities. Like I'm I'm living in Spain, they pay my ticket to go to go there. I get three testimonies in this case, so I'm a witness for Switzerland. But at the same time, uh, two three years ago in 2019, Switzerland has opened uh, an investigation against me for industrial espionage because I give the data to the press. So that's the way it works. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand is, is doing. I'm helping the justice, but at the same time, they are investigating me, which the second part of being investigated, that it's, I, I mean, I don't care at all. Good luck. Investigate me. They, they, they never call me, by the way, in five years, or in three years. I'm, but if you Google, you, see, you will see that I'm under investigation. So that will not help, that doesn't help me in any way, form of shape to, to find the job. But that's the way it works. And it's, if you want, how the justice system is totally uh, not working. I'm alone. I'm fighting with my wife. We are alone against them. We're fighting, trying to have them sent to jail because they belong. That's where they belong, to go to jail. They're criminals. I have no means. I, I have no money. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling uh, every month to, to, to pay my rent. At the same time, and you can Google it. It's not things that I'm saying that cannot be true. That would also be a uh, part of the book. The Petro Saudi has been authorized for for a long time now. There, there is an amount of money that is frozen in, in London for some technicalities. It's an international dispute between uh, uh, Malaysia, Venezuela, and Petro Saudi. Everybody wants the money, and the DOG also wants to freeze that money. So this money is now frozen in London. Pending the result of the of this matter, Petro Saudi has been authorized to withdraw and. Every month, now I think they've reduced that, but for, for a long time, they've been authorized to withdraw for their legal fees uh, a million per month, a million of dollars per month. That's a good budget. I mean, criminals, and nobody has any doubt that they're criminals, but pending that everything is settled, per month, they can withdraw a million and pay their lawyers. If you, do, if you want to ask where they're not in jail, you have the answer. They, and I was there two years ago in Bern uh, doing another witnessing uh, for the Swiss Confederation. And they had, four, they had five lawyers with that expensive one, believe me. And I was just with my friend there. So it's, it's not a fair battle. You give criminals money, stolen money to defend themselves. And uh, that's by paying those lawyers. They will find loopholes in the book of law. And that it's always uh, trying to revoke the prosecutor to, to buy time because in uh, in 18 months, yes, exactly, in 18 months, if they have not been sentenced by the Swiss authorities, they will reach the status of limitation, meaning they will walk free. Swiss justice will have to I'm sorry for, for your time. And they may be, they may be even be able to sue, uh, to sue Switzerland for damages. That's how it works. 
That, that's crazy. They, they just need to get the best lawyers in town that yeah. will drag this trial for as long as they can. And at some point, with on on a legality, uh, technicality, they will just say, okay, it's been long enough. And in the law, there, there are like uh, a lot of proofs that we did uh, a lot of uh, illegal activities. <laughs> you actually have to uh, repay us for, for our time. That's, that's crazy. This is Switzerland 2020 to 2022-23. We're not talking about like 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And how long do they have now? Like uh, 18 months. 18 months from, from now? Like in 18 months? The situation. And how does it look? Like the trial? Uh, the, are they going to, to, to succeed in the, in the plan? Uh, two years ago, we have said, ah, I think it's a seven, 60% that were that we be sentenced uh, to give you a, another example. So last time I, I met the Swiss justice was in October 2020. Yes, exactly. So I was there, as I said, as a witness for the Swiss authorities. And at the same time, I asked, and what about our complaint against it? Because, you know, time is passing. I said, the prosecutor, we, who is a victim, by the way, she's a, she's, it's a lady. She's a victim of this system also, believe me. She said, I'm going to write you uh, for your time because I, I thought that my wife is like stressing a little bit more than me. It's important for us. So I'm not so soon. I will write you next year. That's how it works. So in October the 2020, they said they're going to write you in 2021. Today's February 2023. I haven't received any, any kind of uh, information. So seeing the speed of the justice, uh, I'm trying to think that and but I, I I can't even believe that or imagine that there is a high possibility that the uh, Switzerland will not have been able to finalize the the case with them, and it's such an easy case. Yeah, that's that's terribly sad because in the end there is this Jolo, which is the scapegoat in a way. Of course, the guy was not smooth at all, and he, he was like right in our faces. So, and actually, I think uh, the latest news. He was like hiding in China or something like that. So no real consequences for him no. anyway. And uh, and yet all the other people involved uh, that were just a little bit more discreet in the end, they, they won't be bothered almost at all. Some money have been frozen in Switzerland. Of, and again, I'm talking about those people because these are the Petro-Saudi people. Uh, Mr. Uh, let's say, for example, Mr. Mahoney, he still has, I don't know, maybe the chalet is frozen in, in Switzerland, but he's still spending his uh, winter time there. His, his kids are going to, I don't want to tell the name of the, they're going to a very nice school. I, I as, the, uh, as the, 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 the messenger or the whistleblower, whatever you want to call that, I, I have to fight every month to find a way to pay the, the school of my son. It's not an expensive school. Mr. Obeid is living in a very nice place. As everybody knows that, I mean, they have not been sentenced, but it's an obvious fact. Petro said he had no assets on the night about the the, the, the joint venture, and there's many things like this. Yeah, but, but that's revolting. And, uh, and you know, looking at all these uh, negative consequences on your on your life, I mean, the, the prison alone, and so the fact that uh, within the industry, it might be hard to find a job after the, all, all these events. Do you have regrets 
you think that you, you should have or you would have done things differently if you knew? Uh... Yeah, but the problem, I mean, that is the problem. The problem is that when you take a decision, you don't know the consequences. It's like you, you will not take a plane if you know that the plane is going to crash. Oh, that's that. you, you take decision based on the moment with information that you have and feelings that you have. I did that because it was, I had no moral choice. I spent the day with these people explaining me how they are lacking hospitals in the jungle, that babies are probably dying because of that. So, but now should I, will I, will I do it again? No. Depends. If you tell me, will I do the things uh, the same? Knowing that my family will, will suffer, it has been, it's a, people think that you are out of jail, life is beautiful again. Now is the start of a new fight, uh, fight for surviving, for fight for survival. Uh, Knowing that I will put my family in danger, that my wife will be uh, threatened, manipulated, that my mother will suffer, that my friends, family will all be uh, suffering for me, that we will be bankrupt, that we have, I mean, it's not important, but we haven't been, I have a son who is eight years old. Last week, he looked at me and said, Dad, why are we going on holidays anymore? Knowing that these people will still be enjoying life like, like I'm not enjoying life. Will I do the same, knowing that probably they will succeed at the end? I don't know about this. Yeah, no, no, of course. I, I was <clears throat> this question more in, in a broad sense because uh, I was thinking of the fact that there are not that many whistleblowers. Uh, of course, we, we, we know uh, a few like Julian Assange, but when we have these examples in mind, and uh, I'm thinking of you too, uh, we can see that it's the consequences are terrible for the whistleblowers, and very often, very few things happen to the actual people that did the illegal activities. So uh, I think, unfortunately, many people have access to information that should be made available to the public, but unfortunately, they just decide not to, knowing that uh, the consequences on their lives be so terrible that they, they just don't. I mean, again, Human beings, we sometimes act by example. I'm not to say, I'm not, uh, but knowing that, okay, this guy try to do something good for, I don't know what to say, use big names for even, but just try to do something good because it was a morally, a moral decision. Wow, he's suffering like that. I'm not sure that people in, in, in my in a situation, that a situation that could be like this, right? Say, oh, Okay, everybody has his own problem. I don't want to be to be involved in this one. Yeah, especially when you see that governments like uh, the US, for example, their their treatment of uh, whistleblowers is is, in my opinion, is awful. I mean, they, they do not encourage people into speaking up. I mean, well, the US has other qualities about uh, if you have a strong case with lawyers, we get a, a big amount of money. In my case, it was never about money. I don't want any money about this one MTV Petrosy. I just want to try to get a normal life again. I am branded as a whistleblower. I thought this could be seen as something good. I mean, I, if I was an employer and a trusted guy, I would say, ah, this guy, I mean, is a, you, nobody can corrupt him. That's maybe he can be of any help. I, I have had so many uh, jobs interviews where at the end, it, it's always the same. I always wait the moment the butt will, will come. It, it's fantastic what you have done. We, 
the world would be better with a lot of people like you, da, 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 da. but, and the but, it's always the same. But, you know, I have partners, but you may be a reputational risk, but I'm not alone to decide, but and but. So, so far, you haven't been able to find uh, a, a new job since, since this event. No, I'm surviving. Uh, I'm surviving. I, I, I found a couple of uh, consultancy jobs. Uh, I have friends that help me with jobs or with money. My family and my family in law help me with money. Uh, it's uh, my wife find, uh, found a, a couple of uh, small jobs. But uh, it, it has been a surviving model since 2017. And looking at the, at the bright side, do you have like projects now that you are working on that, uh, that, uh, that brings, bring uh, good perspectives? So I mentioned we have, it, it's, a, it's a major project uh, for a few groups. Our book will be published probably uh, in less than a week. It has been an adventure to write the book because uh, it's it, it's a job that I didn't know. For me, writing a book, it's like you write, you send to the publisher, and you wait. So for non-writers, I'm not a writer, neither is my wife. So it took it took a year to to write this. Uh, it's all the human adventure. It's not the, the one MDB uh, scandal. It's of course it's a part of that because everything started with that. But it's uh, it's what happened before, during, after. What can go wrong with the justice, how the justice system works, or what we have been discussing? Uh, we had a few feedback already from people that read the book. They all find it's very interesting. Uh, we have a, a few companies like yours that are willing to to help us in promoting the book. Uh, we started the decision to write the book was to have a legacy for our son. He's eight years old now, meaning that in in a couple of years, probably somebody at school would say, hey, I, I googled your name and I saw that your father went to prison, blah, 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 blah. So I, we wanted him to, to, to have this legacy, to, to, to understand and to know by the person that have been through that, not journalists, not writers that wrote about something that they, they work on. So he will, get, he, will, he will know everything what happened, really. Okay, and what was the name of the book? It's uh, it's uh, I hope you would like the book. It's it's a, it, it's in English, of course. It's a Rendezvous with Injustice. All right. Yeah, that's a good title. Knowing everything that we talked about, that makes sense. When you, I mean, when you will have finished the book, you will understand why why this this title. Yeah, yeah. By the way, thank thank you for for sending it over. I will I will definitely uh, have a read uh, soon. I hope so. Um, do you have any uh, other things that you want to, to talk about that I might have uh, not thought about? I mean, not really. I just, I hope I was clear enough because it's such a complex case. Uh, we could continue talking for hours. There are so many other things. Uh, at the end, it's, uh, I, I, I don't know, everybody will, we all are different as human beings, but I think it's, uh, it's a lesson. It's uh, if you want to fight for a case, you have to be prefer prepared to, for the fight. Nothing is easy. And of course, my case is a little bit extreme because talking about billions, ex-prime minister and so on. But there is, there are, and it's, it's a stupid thing to say, but uh, when you do something, there is always consequences. You better be prepared, but you have to follow what you are. You have to follow what you have in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. 
And if we don't fight, if we, if we I mean, I'm a great, a new father, I have only one son, he's eight years old. If you don't give the examples to the, to the young generation that corruption, that it's bad, that stealing money from poor is bad. If you don't teach that integrity, um, it's, it, it's a good fight. It's, uh, it, co it comes with a high price, but I think it's a, it's a good fight. Yeah, in my opinion, what you did was uh, was very brave. And if I can help in promoting your book and just uh, putting the world out, uh, I, as little as I can, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to help. Thank you, Baptiste. Thank you, thank you, Xavier, for all of this information, for sharing with us uh, uh, all of this and uh, taking the time to record this podcast with me. Uh, it was a real pleasure and it was... Uh, super interesting i think you have a book and uh, maybe at some point uh, we will be uh, maybe also a movie i know i will watch it yes you thank you Matisse, and thank you for the for the audience to to have spent the time to, to listen to my story thank you very much and let's keep in touch okay thank you